What time is it? It's time for work at Spursy. Hey, this is Wiki Spursy. Mike and Steve, no D today. No Dave. So if you were here <laughs> looking for the D, we can't give it to you tonight. You'll be getting no D from us. Not tonight. No, sorry. It's, you know, holidays. It's that last week of the year between Christmas and New Year where time is sort of meaningless. And I mean, I don't even know what day it is anymore, but uh, we're here. And uh, Mike... Good to see you. How, how are you? How are things going? You know, Steve, um, I've so I've been having some headaches and stuff, and we'll just get this right out of the way right off the top here. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I've been having some headaches and stuff, and so I went to the doctor the other day. I had some blood work done last Thursday. As I was driving in, I felt a little scratch in my throat. I'm like, what is going on, man? It doesn't feel right. And then it just kind of went away. I, I felt perfectly fine. And then, like Saturday evening, you know, after we had we had hung out and stuff, I felt like it's like oh shit, I can feel my. It must have been like the start of my my cold process, my seasonal cold process. I get I get this cold like two three times a year, at least two times a year. Once in the spring, once in the once in the fall, or in the you know holiday season, it always happens. So I was like, all right, I just have a cold. So. Long story short, we got through Christmas and everything. I'm not feeling my best. I'm feeling pretty stuffy. And, um, you know, I'm on call for work on Christmas Day. So I go in. My wife takes the kids down to her mom's house. And uh, they're having a good old-fashioned, you know, family Christmas. And Amy texts me. Lucas has a fever. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. So immediately I th I thought the worst. So I went home that night, went to sleep. I didn't, I worked all day long, went to sleep, got up in the morning and tested for COVID. And sure enough, I was positive for COVID. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm going to blame, I think I'm going to blame the two Everton fans that Dave Martin brought into the, to our <laughs> pub. I'm yeah, gonna that's I'm going to blame them. That that'll be my that'll be my blank because they're not going to listen. I don't think Dave's going to listen either. Um, and if he is, Dave, I'm calling you out. That it's the other Dave. It's a different Dave, not our different Dave. Dave not not the D to our wicked Spursy. Yes. Yeah, tonight we're just Wiki Spursy. Um, wiki Spursy tonight. So anyway, long story short, I've had COVID all week apparently so far, and uh, I'm supposed to fly out to New Orleans on Friday. Nolens. Um, Nolens. So uh, I've yeah. just. Just about this evening, turn the corner. Um, my stuffiness is going away. I don't have a sore throat, no fever or anything. Um, and uh, I called my employee health and they said, uh, according to guidance, you're allowed to go. Um, I'm obviously going to wear a mask. I'm not going to take the chance of infecting anybody. But uh, I am plus, I'm going to be plus seven days out. Nice. From my, from my, uh, infectious period so it'll all be good 
we'll go and I'll have a good time uh, and try and get over the 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 bad cold that COVID has given me. How about you, Steve? I'm good. Um, you know, everything's kind of blurring together. It's you know, it's weird when a holiday falls on a Monday for me because it's like you've got the weekend and then the weekend just sort of keeps going and then all of a sudden it's Wednesday and <clears throat> you know what happened to Tuesday? I I I have no recollection of there being a Tuesday. It's just it's you know one of those funky things. Um, Did but I'm off work. Yeah, I, who the <laughs> fuck knows, man? But I'm off work all week. Uh, you know, daycare's closed, so watching the kiddo. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's been pretty good. You know, we've been kind of slowly approaching some of the toys and activities that he's gotten for Christmas. Um, trying to space things out so that they last the week. Like, he got this cool Earth Science kit. Uh, and so we'll do, like, one activity a day out of that just to start working through it. So he was able to, like, dig for his own pyrite in this little, like, fake gold bar thing. We built oh, a... Uh, yeah, we did a volcano uh, yesterday. Made it out of plaster mixed all the stuff up, let it explode out. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I bet he had a blast with that. Oh, yeah, he loved it. Uh, there's a couple other things. Like, one of them is, like, growing your own crystals. So, it just things like that. He's got a couple of uh, Lego sets um, that we've been slowly working through. Just, like, the small little ones for, like, four-year-olds. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. It gives us something to do. It parses things out. Um couple of he got a couple of new board games uh that are kid friendly that we've been playing through which you know i just it's something you know it's not tv it's not uh you know a lot of it's educational um you know he's practicing his counting and and his moving and a lot of that you know fine motor skill stuff so it's been a it's been a solid week so far um but yeah nice. he's uh Man, I when when I <laughs> I was literally sitting in the living room and uh, you know Natalie, my wife, she just goes, uh, "Don't you have to go?" I was like, "Go for oh, it's Wednesday, it's Wiki Spursy time." <laughs> you know, I, I I had the same kind of situation. I was like, "Where is the time gone?" But um, I was supposed to go back to work today, and they told me no. But you know, <laughs> we we had a great Christmas. Very tech heavy. Very tech heavy in my house uh the boy got the vr um and of course he's been playing gorilla tag um i don't know you know if you know what that is but it's basically I can guess <laughs> yeah it's virtual reality gorilla parkour like you're a gorilla um and i tried to play it yesterday while they were gone and i uh got constructors it's kind of it's basically um call of duty it's a call of duty type game but like they have all the maps from like all the cool games halo call of duty duke nukem star wars games that kind of stuff they have all those maps i tried to play it and i was on that thing for maybe 20 minutes before i got dizzy disoriented <laughs> and I, I was sitting down steve sitting down but he's got oh, no. no he's got no problem with it um but i got a lot of cool stuff i got this neat uh i got this neat new uh spur yeah. Um, and I got this really cool cup too that uh we'll be doing hey Mike with today. Uh it's it says uh this is from my lovely wife. It's called Tastes Like a Spurs Win. And uh I'm gonna I'm gonna use that often, I think. I think. Um speaking of Spurs wins. We won. We won. Wasn't pretty. Not even remotely. It wasn't pretty at all. It's you, uh yeah, well, I mean, what do you think what do you think going, going like from the start like 
we had some funny some fun lineup stuff that you know there was a 50 50 chance of that of that uh that number six player i mean we were either going to get hoiberg or skip right we know skippy yeah. has played uh we ha- skippy played that number six in uh uh when he was at norwich uh and on that loan and uh you know he did it to great effect but i mean it was a different kind of position you know uh norwich is very attacking but they were they were um it's it's not like there was a ton of there's a ton of pressing in the championship right so yeah so when he was at norwich he was able to have time to turn with the ball and and attack whereas like a lot of these teams were playing now especially in everton like they have they have forward players that are going to that are going to press up on you and they're going to press up on you hard and uh you know i mean skippy did for me we, he was good he was fine uh he was not the greatest um i think we saw what we were what we were missing not having basuma back there um yeah but at the same time he he did a job and um he didn't lose balls um his passing was was pretty efficient i think he had something like 88 to 90 percent passing rate um he didn't get beat on any one-on-ones um I, i i just think he was just just okay he wasn't great i think there were times where he was you know just out of position didn't know where he didn't know where he was going to be where he was supposed to be and i mean obviously he hasn't played that position in this in this system yet but um i I think he hasn't done anything to lose that spot for me like i think we're going to see less and less of hoiberg especially with the with the shouts for uh the transfer to juventus what do you think you know the the interesting thing for me is um i was reading a comment from alistair gold uh about skip in particular where he made this observation that skip's performance looked better in person than it did on broadcast um I guess a lot of the work that he was putting in off the ball to either cover for people who had made forward runs or, you know, to, to fill in some spaces and try to close down lanes was all done relatively well. It just wasn't picked up on the broadcast. So when you finally had that transition coming back towards Spurs, he always looked out of position. He looked like he was there, just not, he was out of the play. So is you know that's one of those things I think that's <clears throat> interesting for me to consider um, you know when we're having these conversations and we're we're thinking oh this person sucks like what are they even doing out there maybe they do look better in person but it's yeah I mean that to me then it becomes an issue of is is somebody supposed to slide in and cover for Skip when he's doing that and they're not. Or, you know, because to me, there's still a disconnect, right? Like the way that Ange is playing, I would expect if things are starting to move in one direction, that everything moves along with it, right? So that you fill in those gaps, those holes don't exist, you can cover each other, no big deal. Um, So it's either, yes, Skip's doing what he's supposed to be doing, but maybe he's not communicating backwards to make sure that he's got help or, you know, whoever's supposed to be filling in for him. I don't know. It's such a hodgepodge of players out there right now due to suspensions and injuries. It's just, it feels like whenever we have some sort of nice fluid moment 
where it seems like people are starting to click and figure it out, somebody gets injured and throws everything off again. Well, yeah, which, you know, which happened with Romero and we'll get to that. Um, just want to get back to that skip thing too, because, you know, I think earlier in the season and, and I, it, this is going to be a, very telling for, for, um, when we get into talking about, uh, Emerson Royale and 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 to your point of of you know are, is there somebody who's supposed to be filling that space for him when he's not there and I think that we saw and it that might have something to do a lot with with um how successful Basuma was in the in the early season too because he was able to turn move with the ball control the ball really well and push forward because he had he had he had somebody like Mickey Van de Ven who could come and fill that space and Ben Davis doesn't venture out like, like Van de Ven does, right? Like, like he did um, early in the season for us. And, and I think that Ben Davis didn't have a great game either. I mean, that I, I just watched it back. It wasn't, <clears throat> it might've been his worst game of the season uh, so far, but also again, he has to stay back and he has to protect for two players now. He has to protect for Skip, and he has to pr- protect for Emerson Royale, both players who are super just out of position. And he has to cover for Dyer, who is just not good. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's. You would think you would think that he at this point in his career would be able to do the job needed as a center back at least bang average, right? Like if Big Daddy Davies can do it, you would think Eric Dyer would be able to. But man, I, I tell you, as soon as I saw him coming out in that second half, I I, I was like, this is awful. Like th- we will lose this game now. This is everything like sky's falling. That was my level of frustration seeing him. I don't, and frankly, I, it almost did. Yeah, we. I don't think we really had another option. You had Ashley Phillips who hasn't played a minute. Uh, just coming back from injury we just didn't have another option out there um it because emerson was already playing on the left hand side um so i i think that dyer did what he did and it he wasn't fantastic he wasn't he didn't give balls away like he wasn't he wasn't being eric dyer but he was also playing on the right side of that of that defense um you know, and he has a little cover with a speedster like like Pedro Poro, even though Pedro Poro looked like he was running around with his head cut off in that second in that second half, <laughs> probably trying to cover for for Dyer um, and be in those spaces that that yeah Christian Romero would have been. I think for me, like this game featured a lot of our players' worst games of the season. I think Richarlison was pretty terrible after his goal. Um, I, I think Kulisewski was was actually kind of imperious um he he he's one of those guys who just refuses to have the ball taken from him you know um and and he works his work rate is outrageous uh off the ball on the ball it's outrageous um obviously we're going to get into the man of the match um sonny looked tired out there um he looked worn worn ragged i mean seven games in december is, is tough six even uh which is what they've played now. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'll i give I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Um, 
but it's also I, not going to get any easier. It is not going to get any easier. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have players leaving, you know. Um, but let's let's get into um, the the man who kept the game and saved the game for us and saved a lot of a lot of shots. Uh, Vicario was was outrageous, and he showed why he at the halfway mark is going to be goalkeeper of the year in the Premier League. Um, we uh, we shared on our WhatsApp a, 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 an article that um, from the Athletic, which I think is an is ultra ultra lazy journalism, um, uh, and they're saying that they they they, they had two kind of really ter- pretty awful insults uh, to to Tottenham, and I'm and I'm uh, you know obviously we always bitch and complain about how Tottenham. It's never given the benefit of the doubt. Um, we're always seem to be the bad guys for some reason um, that everybody wants to beat up on and everybody wants to talk about. We're the, the butt of people's jokes. Um, but this article talked about how Spurs are relying too much on Vicario, but Vicario's just getting lucky. Oh God, yeah, that was a that was such a garbage take. And and, and you know. Obviously, we, we talked about it with Dave, and that, that kind of shit is like is used as clickbait, right? Oh, it but, absolutely is. Yeah, it's, it's so either like, clickbait or it's somebody who's writing out of their ass and they don't know what they're talking about. Right, and it could be both here, right? Um, why can't it be that Vicario is just in good positions? Why can't it be that he's a smart keeper who knows what to what to do and what what he's going to do before? um before situations happen why why can't it be that um he's just a fucking really good young keeper um and it's because it's Tottenham Hotspur and I and as much as I'd like to not bitch about it I mean that's what it is that's the situation he's he's a just a good goalkeeper and to do the things he's doing right now yes we are relying on him you know why because we have nine fucking injuries right now to first teamers yep to players who were first teamers, nailed on first teamers. And and you know, my name tonight is Trial by Dyer. I didn't see yours. Mine is <laughs> mine is Vic by an inch because he made that save at the end of the game. And um he made a number of saves in that game, especially on uh one of the one of the two players that I think turned that game around for Everton, um, and Arna Danjuma, um, who was a Spurs player last year. Um I really think that like the the positions he puts himself in, I, I haven't seen him step a foot out of, you know, a, a foot out of form all season except for that one time against Chelsea where he probably should have gone in with his feet, caused a foul. Um, but or was it Chelsea or West Ham? Uh, oh no, that was the West Ham game. That was the West Ham game where he gave that goal up. On the outside oh, of the yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so either way, like he has, he's had one major screw up all season long. And you can't tell me that that guy is not the keeper of the year so far. But Onana. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, that... you can, you can make a shout for Emmy Martinez. Uh, he's a fucking lunatic. You can make a shout for Allison Becker, who is, year after year just i mean one of the most beautiful goalkeepers you'll you'll ever you'll ever watch play oh absolutely 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, honestly, to be a keeper, you have to be a little bit crazy, I think. Um, and that's what to me is so appealing about Vicario because, you know, he's not like one of those calm, reserved people that, you know, is probably crazy deep down like Hugo was before. And he is just he's got the crazy eyes going. He is like hyped up. He's all over the place. Like He makes faces. <laughs> Dude, I, that was pretty good. Uh, but it's like I said at the start of the season, right? He is, he's going to be chaos. He's going to be one of those players who is either like stupid good for us and really enjoyable or super scary and really frustrating. And I am really happy that he is the former uh, because right. like, you know, it's it's we put him under so much pressure at times. Um, Emerson's bad giveaway, right? Uh, that that led to a goal scoring opportunity. There's a couple of uh, Skip had his pocket picks at least once, um, and they're all like with their you know they're facing goal. They should be able to catch up and and you know regain possession. But it just well when it's somebody like Dyer, he's got fucking leading issues or some shit. But Vicario's <laughs> no, he steps up. You know, he closes down the angles. He makes himself big. He. Uh, you know, maybe he's got some mind games going on with the the attackers at times. Like it does sound like, um, you know, they they kind of chat shit while they're out there. So, yeah, maybe he's getting under their skin. But whatever he's doing, it's not luck. It is not not at all. He is. I think even Ange said like he is emerging as as a leader in the team. Right, and and you could see that right when we had that first clean sheet after the uh, after all those losses, and he brought all the defenders together to like celebrate. Like that to me is is pure leadership material. That's somebody who wants to just acknowledge it's not me as the goalie. It's all of us working together to, you know, to to achieve that. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 thrilled with everything Vic's doing. Um, and yes, I do think he is better than Onana. And I think the people who are just throwing Onana's name out as best keeper in the league are just a part of the man United circle jerk and, and are too biased to. Yeah. I can name five keepers that are better than Onana right now. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination that he's uh, a bad keeper. I think that he's probably one of the top keepers in the world um, when he's in the right club and he's just not in the right club. Um, he went for the big name and the big money and uh and you know that's why he's at Man United right now, and uh, that's why Man United, uh, you know, just just sold what a twenty five percent stake um, to a, a British billionaire uh, to try and understand the club, who's someone who can understand the club and turn it around. But it's not going to happen overnight, Man United fans. Uh, and Onana is n- not the best keeper in the league right now. Uh, Vicario is, and that's just the way it is. Um, and speaking of guys who are starting to play into it and starting to show up. I want to give a special shout out to, to Brennan Johnson um, because this is a kid who was, who was um, signed and brought in kind of late. Yeah. For a lot of money, he's been taking a lot of shtick from, from fans on social media and shit. Um, I don't see it myself. Um, I think he does whatever he has asked to do. Um, sure. He's got one goal scored this, so this uh, season so far, but he has played on the right. He has played on the left. He is, he has played in, in the center. Um, he's been injured. Um, but I think when he's on his side, his given side, which is the right side, um, you saw the the blistering fiery speed 
in that first goal uh, that that he possesses, and um, you know, and and his his ability to carry the ball and 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 his nice touch, um, and boy, he put a beautiful beautiful cross in um, for a, a Richarlison tap in right, Richarlison coming up that that whole sequence of events. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen that clip on social media a hundred times, but the whole sequence of events there was like, was just wild, wild to me. And, and, and I think that's, is kind of the hallmark of what, of what this, this, uh, system is. And it's, it's not just, um, pressing and it's not just pressing and, and attacking it's, it's counter pressing. It's, um, it's you know it, it's imperious midfield play um nicking nicking balls deep in your own zone and, and counterattacking um it's it's a little of everything it's this system is it, it can't be put into any kind of a any kind of a box and and i and i think brennan johnson as he develops as a as a real true premier league player is going to be a huge asset to this team and i think he might even end up being a starter long term um but you know who knows? We might end up eventually by the end of this project with two full first teams. You never know. Which honestly, you know, if we're able to achieve some kind of European competition for next season, it's not a bad problem to have. Plenty of rotation, especially since like like we're seeing with Angie's system, he wants them to constantly go. And the second we take our foot off the gas is when other teams start to grow into the game and become dangerous, right? Like once we got that second goal and backed off a little bit, because again, you know, these guys, they're they're probably tired and they're not really, you know, given 100%. It just made things so much more dangerous for us. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think we, the, we shouldn't be doing that, but I think we, the game changed. I think the game changed when Andre Gomez came on. Um, you know, I mean... He's a guy who who has been what he's been injured all season, right? So like, he just came back in. He's not a guy that we that we game planned for at at all. Um, and I I don't know that he's not the starter. You know, um, who was who was the guy who came off? Was a gay who came off? Um, injured. It was like ah. it was like in a twenty fifth minute. But yeah. I think I think at that point the game like we were in this we were in it to win it for the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. And once Gomez came in, uh, the game changed. Um, he's one of those guys who's like um, another one of those guys who's, who refuses to have the ball taken from him. He doesn't, he's not very creative. He doesn't do a lot of shit, but he dribbles um, and he gets moves his way through the, through the midfield pretty easily because he, the ball just sticks to his feet. Um, and I've never rated him before until this game, until that shot that he put in. I mean, that was a hell of a goal. Uh, another guy that I really rate is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, I love watching him play. and, and um, But I think like the Andre Gomez substitution and uh, the Dan Juma su- substitution really is what made it scary for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that I don't know, man. That entire last hour of the game last 45 i actually you know even though things started to take a turn in the first half i still felt relatively comfortable it wasn't until i i'm i'm telling you it wasn't until romero came off for dyer that i really felt like 
oh shit, like Everton actually has a chance to to get into this. Um, oh, Dan Juma, Dan Juma blew by him a number of times, right? He had he had three shots in the last. Man. He had three shots in the last in the last what ten minutes of the game. That that it's just insane. Could have easily gone in. Right, it is insane. And, oh and my god! Until we get rid of our dire problem, uh, and and in, in, you know, and 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 it's just gonna, it's not gonna be this season. We're not gonna get rid of him this season. He may be, he may be back, you know, at the at the training pitch, uh, working by himself, you know, pretty soon here. Once we get Mickey back in a couple of weeks, but I, I just, I, I just don't think the dire problem is gonna go away until the end of the season. It's not no, gonna be it, in this window. It's oh God, I which honestly that that concerns me, especially like if Brighton was at full strength <clears throat> tomorrow, I would be scared shitless uh, of having Dyer in that back line because they've got they've got some pacey players, but you know they're probably the one other team, maybe Newcastle right now, uh, who is really just getting boned by all these uh, by all these injuries that are coming out, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike, I, I, you've had me doing a lot of soul searching here with, uh, with this commentary and thinking about the game, and uh, you know, it, it really got me thinking. And I think you're the the correct person to uh, to ask this particular question. Mm. Um, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you can ask that question, Steve, because I'm finally feeling better to the point where I can be drinking. Um, this is a safe space for you, Mike. And I promised you guys that I would do a a Christmas ale um, before the end of the new year. Um, I haven't seen oh. this one before. This one is from Two Roads. That is very Christmassy. Yeah, and it's a holiday ale. I don't know anything about it. Um, I haven't looked it up. Uh, I don't know what it's about at all. Holiday ales are generally... Uh, <clears throat> They're generally uh, heavier, malty, um, malty ales, uh, red, usually red in color, um, usually, usually uh, pretty bubbly, um, but they're they're brewed with uh, uh, all the holiday spices that that we uh, that we think of the nutmegs, the cinnamons, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and it really, really gives a nice spicy taste to uh to what what is probably at the base uh a, a red ale of some sort um or even a brown ale um so this is brewed by two roads which um we didn't mention last week when we were talking about uh was it last week we were talking about um lawson's sip of sunshine oh yeah Lawson's. that's, that's where right. this is brewed that's so two roads is where sip of sunshine is brewed Ah, okay. And if you've okay. ever had, if you've ever had Road to Ruin by Two Roads, um, it tastes very similarly to Sip of Sunshine. Interesting, interesting. I also, did not um, know that. I did have a question for the pod. <gasps> that was a question for us. Yeah. During well, it was it was a question for Mike, really. Um, oh, but you're Mike. <laughs> I am Mike. Um, so it was a question for me uh, about experimental hops. Um, the, 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 I had a, a photo sent to me in, uh, in, a, in the Extra Inch uh, Discord on the beer thread. And uh, it, it, it was uh, 
from Adamalist, and he asked, um, "What's the deal with with experimental hops? What what does that mean?" Um, so I just wanted to kind of answer that now, um, and I'll and I'll answer it in the chat too. But um, what does it mean? Uh, experimental <laughs> hops are, are hops that um, that breeders have made that are not that are not viable yet for the for the market, so they generally don't have a name. Um, and they come from one of generally come from one of three big hop farms in the, in, in the world. There's one in New Zealand, there's one in the United States. And I think there's one in Germany, but I can't be positive about that. Um, but they're typically just until they become viable um, and, and, and widely used and accepted, they, they, they are not named um, and they are um typically proprietary right so all these other all these other uh, companies uh, hop growing companies can can brew their or can um, grow their own hops um now that citra and things like citra and mosaic um and uh what's there's there's a couple other ones that are that are brand new new zealand hops uh, are, are brand new um that now have names, so they're not proprietary anymore. They're not being they're not being developed, so they can be viable for a large market. So those that's what experimental hops means. So they're being used in in a lot of beers now, just to test their viability on on the market on a larger scale. So back to this beer. Uh, like I said, it's based like a red or brown ale, and um, it's smells like teen spirit it just, it just doesn't smell like teen spirit <laughs> it smells like a normal brown ale um which will be very disappointing if it doesn't it smells rather sweet uh, interesting rather sweet and malty it doesn't it's not like um um anchor steam does a christmas ale that i really really love every year um and it doesn't smell like that it doesn't have that that spicy uh character to it well, about time to find out. I'm gonna have to text Dave with my uh, with my thoughts so that he knows that I'm not uh, cheating on him. Oh, um, get, it's never a good side when you go right back to the can to be like. <laughs> I'm trying to. No, it's it's a good beer. Um, I'm just like, I don't understand. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have that taste of a, a good Christmas ale. Um, <laughs> so you know, what? What did you get? Like a Scrooge can? <clears throat> I must have. I'm looking at the beer advocate right now. <laughs> oh, <see>. good God! <laughs> it's a lone freighter out there. We haven't heard. It's inspired it by a little known beer de Noel style a subset of the beer de Gard. Uh, which originated small farmhouse breweries in North France. That's what it is. It's French. Um, oh. It translates to Christmas Christmas beer. Imagine that. Um, it's French. Yeah, stick to wine, France. It doesn't give. It doesn't give us anything else. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't rank this beer. Um, I, I, I'll drink it. It's fine. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't give us any information on it. No hops information. Any anything like that. Uh, what they use yeah, in the brewing sure of this beer. Um, it, it's just. It's just okay. It tastes like a brown ale, and and it's not the COVID speaking because this. Uh, 
this German Kolsch that I'm drinking is delicious. Um, I can taste it. I can I can smell it. It's fine. It doesn't have much of a head on it. It's got no lacing at all, really, unless I get it really going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Got to so get it going. That said, I'm, I'm going to give it another sip, and uh, I'll give you my rating, my song. All right. I'm, I'm ready to hit enter so that we know that I've locked this in. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right. Uh, 3.1. Oh, so close. So <laughs> close. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it's not a bad beer. Um, it doesn't come off as a holiday beer to me. Christmas ale. It says 7.3 alcohol. It doesn't. It, uh, okay. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, Damn. I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Temptations. Temptations? Yep. Just my okay. imagination. Just my imagination. Why that one in particular? Um, because I I imagined it to be a great beer. I imagined <laughs> it to be a nice a nice Christmas ale that I've been waiting. I bought it right before Christmas, and I've been waiting to taste it. Okay, okay. I've got to ask. This is probably going above and beyond what you normally do. But given the spirit of the season, I have to ask, if you had to pick one holiday song to assign that mediocre beer, which of those holiday songs out there is the most mediocre one that comes closest to what that beer tastes like for you? Hot take. Hot take? Oh, I'm take. here for it. All I want for Christmas is you. Okay. No, I get it. I get it. That makes perfect sense to me. That fucking song is so fucking terrible. And it's so overplayed. It's, oh, yeah, it's definitely overrated. I can't for stand sure. that song. I cannot stand that song. But thank you. Thank you for asking that question. That was, that was a good one. Look, I needed to, and look, you know. I, I'm sorry worked, I'm being such a Grinch right now. I mean, I wanted to. <laughs> having worked retail, you know, throughout high school and a, a little bit in college, that song, All I Want for Christmas is You, is like the bane of my existence. It was like at least five times an hour was coming on during this period. And, you know, you're there eight hours a day. Like, no, uh-uh. I, I can't deal with it. So I am 100% on board with, with that assessment. Um, Perfect. So I could have was... also gone Santa Baby. Santa, that's another, yeah, that's another one. She's a little uh, slutty, but... Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. So this has been, uh, hey, Mike, that's Two Roads uh, Holiday Beer, is it? Uh, beer, just... beer de Noel Holiday Ale. We'll let Dave, we'll let Dave it, parse it, doesn't, it out. Yeah, Dave, Dave can figure out the, you know, what we're actually going to call it. I'm I'm not going to bother because it's not, it doesn't sound like it's worth either of our time. We don't need to mention that anymore, and him anymore either, so there's no Dave? D. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no D, right. I keep forgetting. I got yeah. We got to put the D away and... Just put, put the D away. Keep this going. Pull your pants up. Put the D away. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those podcasts, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's let's look ahead a little bit because we got a game tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, wow, yeah, Brighton. coming right at us. Yep, we've got a game on Sunday, I believe. Um, and I'll be at New Orleans Spurs. Yep, Sunday. I don't even know who Sunday's match is for, uh, or is it Saturday? 
No, it's got to be Sunday, surely. No, no, it's the 31st. All right. It, All I it, know is that uh, it's a fucking nine o'clock game. It's Bournemouth. It's Bournemouth, right? Yeah. Bournemouth, nine o'clock. Oh, my God. Jamie's not going to want to open that. No, no, she will not. She will not. Oh, I told her I told her we're going to give her to the after the first of the year. So excellent. Awesome. Uh, perfect. So we're, yeah. So anyway. Um, thick and fast, though. Brighton and thick Bournemouth. Thick and fast. And then we have Burnley, too. We, it, we're just being assaulted by bees. Brighton, Bournemouth, Burnley all in a row. Here's the thing. Burnley, yeah, but uh, Burnley, um, we don't have it's to worry FA about. Cup, the, it's, yeah. it's, it's FA Cup. It's the next weekend. We don't have another um, another league match until mid, mid-January. So that's that's good. Uh, it's good given the fact that um, we have half players that are leaving. trying to trying to work to work back in while the other half is leaving. Um, so we, you know, after the after uh, the thirty first, we're not going to see Son, we're not going to see uh, Pap, and we're not going to see Basuma. Well, we're, we weren't going to see Basuma anyway. Um, all that said, let's uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Brighton because uh, that's the that's the match that's coming up tomorrow, the big match. Um, that I think is uh, is going to set the tone for for what's going for what's what's going to happen going forward because um, if we look back we've got three matches in a row that we've won one beautiful one so so one that was kind of nerve wracking uh, what do you think we're going to see uh you know, it's funny. Right before we uh, started recording this, I saw comments that pretty much summed up tomorrow. It's it's going to be like the injury derby because uh, Brighton's got like ten players out too. So, it, I I honestly, I, I'm mostly afraid of our back line. I think this is going to turn into one of those games that uh, has the potential to be very high scoring for for Brighton. If they press an attack, if we've got Dyer starting, who has, again, lead in his shoes, cannot turn, gets beaten constantly, uh, it's going to be very dangerous. Um, the interesting thing for me is how our attacking options are going to do versus uh, Brighton's back line, because theirs is a little bit... All right. Theirs is a lot more stable than ours, assuming that Dyer gets the start. Um you know, I actually really like Dunk. I think he's a, a, a solid player. Uh, so it, it just depends. Can they keep us out long enough to take the game by the horns and, and really drive it in their direction? Or are we going to pressure them into the early mistakes and make it a much more open game? <clears throat> I Look, at this point, I have absolutely no idea what's going to come to this. Um, I, I do think that we're in a lot of danger if we can't, you know, if, if we can't keep them from pressing us and from from driving it. Dyer in particular, who I am singling out because he's just atrocious. Um, man, it's going to be a long ass game. But uh, if there's one thing that Spurs do have going for us right now, it's that our attacking options have been largely solid, right? Like we've gotten some some real work at a son and and decky and uh richarlison over the last few games that brennan brennan's had two brennan had, two yeah brennan had two uh goal contributions he was he was two two assists last game i mean he, he's right there pedro poros still been playing well like 
I'm not a, I'm not afraid of any anything to do with their attacking options. I, I no, it's the def- it's it's like it's the defense, know, sure. It's the defense. Yeah. So so here's here's my take on this is that you're not going to have to worry about seeing Eric Dyer again this year. You think so? <laughs> I'm I'm almost positive. I, I I don't think he's rolling out the same. I think he is going to roll with Skip. Um, especially after the news that Hoiberg's uh, Hoiberg's hired an attorney to get his ass out of Tottenham. Um, uh, wh- whether that's ITK or not, we-, we could talk about that another time. But um, I don't think you're going to see Dyer. I think we're getting Destiny back, so um, we're going to have Destiny playing on the left, which which opens up that spot on the right hand side for Emerson, where he. He played last year, and he did. He did a lot. He he's done a lot of work over there. Um, I think he's more comfortable on that side of the ball, um, and and I think that uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to play kind of that kind of enforcer type role, while Ben Davis is going to be able to sit back, be comfortable with the fact that he's got somebody to his left that that can cover for him when he, when, when he has to move up um, to cover in space for Skippy. Um, I think Skip's got that short up until at least Benton Kerr comes back. Basuma comes back. Um, so I, I think that's Skippy's spot to lose. Um, I mean, you're, you're it, right. You're it's not the, right. it's not the nicest thing to think about, but he has played that position before. Um, he's young. He can learn. He's just, slower on the turn he's slower on the ball um he's obviously not our best option there but um we will get some reinforcements in january and hopefully they come in early uh and we get them get them some time under Ange to to train so um i think that this game is going to be a game where we're going to have a lot of possession we're still going to have a lot of possession they're still going to press us very hard um try and force us to make mistakes um, which is what Brighton does. They're still going to be very good on the attack. I just don't think that with the injuries that they have, that their midfield is not going to be very good. And and I think that plays into our hands because we love to play through the midfield. You know, it's this is not Tottenham of last year. He likes to play up up the wings, right? We like to play through the midfield, um, and that's where all the creativity comes from. Uh, we like to invert those wing backs and throw them into the midfield. Or not wing backs. Uh, well, that's not what we're calling them, right? We're not calling them backs. We're calling them inverted fullbacks. I um, don't know what we're. It depends, I think, on the whoever's writing this uh, this crap. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the we say fullbacks, fullbacks, halfbacks, three quarterbacks. Those are terms that really don't exist anymore. Those are not positions anymore. But we say fullbacks still because that kind of describes any four man back line. But um. People will play on the right and left. Anywho, off of that, I think that I, th- I think that like this is going to be the battle of like you said, who scores first and who takes and who takes the initiative to get out there and and and, and more importantly, who uh, decides to let their foot off the gas because we cannot keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, and you know I don't even know if it's tactically like taking our foot off the gas it's players getting too comfortable with with uh you know their lead right uh, um and, and you know that 
you want to sit there and scream at the TV. Sit back, sit back. You've got that goal. You got that lead. Just sit back and defend. But you know that's not going to fucking happen. And there's always going to be that oddball that goes over the top to some streaking, um, some streaking attacker. Uh, but fortunately for us, right now, the all the, the only attacker they really have, the only creative person they really have, is Sully Marsh. Um, or not, not Sully Marsh. Um, who is it? Right? Oh, oh fuck! I've lost his name already. <laughs> Pascal Gross. Pascal Gross. Thank you. Because <laughs> there's a second where, like, so oh I, my I, god, I kind of staring <laughs> off, like, no, it's Sully Marsh, and it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's not, not Sully Marsh. It's I love not. Sully Marsh. It's Pascal Gross. <laughs> I think Sully Marsh is a nice player, but uh, Sully Marsh is hurt. Um, all right, Dave, we'll have to edit that one right there. Nope, nope. Dave's leaving it. All oh right. yeah, no D. Right, there's no D, so we... Right. Wait, so if there's no D, is he just going... What is it? He's going to eat it, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Shit, we should have thought about that. I know, we didn't, did we? Damn. Oh, my God. We're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Spurs with Eric Dyer in defense. Oh, boy. Here we now, go. And then there's Bournemouth. Bournemouth is, I, I think, honestly, of, of both of the games that we've got coming up over the next few days, Bournemouth scares me more because of Dominic Solanke, who is actually on form. And uh, him versus Dyer is, is like, please, God, no. Like, give me, give me Emerson and Davies in the midfield. Give me... Uh, Dorrington, give me fucking Hugo, a potted plant, literally anybody in there, but but Dyer. Um, I am not looking forward to Bournemouth at all. Uh, they have so Bournemouth is uh, Bournemouth is probably the team with in the best form of the Premier League right now. Um, they've picked up something crazy, like something like twenty one points. For after the first six games, um, I mean, it's been it's been incredibly uh, an incredibly successful run for them. Um, you know, they they don't just have Solanke; uh, they have um, they have Lloyd Kelly in the back. They have Philip Billing. Um, like they have guys that 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 are uh, they have Sensei uh, and. Uh, you know they also have Ryan Christie. Ryan Christie's fantastic in the midfield. Um, you know, but th they have a lot of good young players um, um, that are that are out there and to, to prove a point. You know, they're not going to be pushed over. Um, this is a this is a team that that likes to they they will not press you um, until they feel like they have an advantage in the game. And, Which, and to be honest, that could be detrimental to them coming to Spurs and not pressing until they feel like they have the advantage because we're not going to want to give it to them. Granted, it'll be our second game in four days, so, like, they might get it eventually. <clears throat> it's, again, it's just going to be, can we put the game to bed with our early chances? We did it against Everton, and again, Everton was another team that was in really good form going into that fixture and uh you know we we came away with the three points so there is you know i know i've been really pessimistic and harping on this oh shit dyers in the defense sky is falling uh but 
there is reason to have some optimism because Ange, ha he's not stupid. He's not blind. You know, he's going to tell the team to get out there and keep doing exactly what he wants them to do. And it's they'll do it. Yeah, they will. And it's up to our players to bury those chances. I mean, just think about it. Yes, the Everton game was really close for comfort. You know, the, the fucking Macario's dick kept the ball from going into the goal. It was that close. That's but, because he's Italian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but think about it, right? Like if Brennan Johnson converted two of those chances that he kind of skied, a completely different story, right? We're up 4-0, four, 4-1 four, four, when... Uh, when Gomez scores and and it's much more comfortable for us. So, you know, are, are we going to bury our chances versus Brighton and then versus Bournemouth, or are we going to spurn them, run out of steam and then, you know, clench our butt cheeks for the, you know, last 30 minutes plus of the game, man. I, I want to say that, look, I'll just say it right now. If everything was full uh, if if we were all healthy, if we had full strength squads, even our opponents, I think Spurs win easy for both games. It's the having to deal with them with injury problems and exhaustion. And man, uh, I, I want to say that we'll get the points versus at least Brighton. I think three points would be an okay result. I think four points would be good. If we get mm -hmm. all six, I'll be happy. I'll be super happy. Of course, we're going to be happy. I mean that that probably puts us somewhere around third with a with a sniff at the top. Um, and you know, for for what it's worth, like this Bournemouth team that we're going to be playing is not the Bournemouth team we played back in August, right? They're they're just not. They've they've they. They've gotten to a spot where they're comfortable, um, much like a, a couple other teams. Like uh, you see a team like Luton Town who is not backing down. Like they're, it's just these these clubs that come out and they and they get comfortable um, in the spot that they're in. Uh, Crystal Palace is another one that gives people a lot of trouble. Um, that they just don't back down from from bigger clubs and. Um, whether you want to think Tottenham's a bigger club or not, uh, we are, they are. And, uh, a team like Bournemouth is not going to back down. A team like Brighton is not going to back down. Brighton has not been in good form. They can't, they can't score goals right now. They can't defend, um, you know, but they're injured just like Newcastle is. And in, in the end, uh, I, I think we need the six points to keep pace. I think you're absolutely right. I don't know that we'll get six points. I would be so fucking thrilled if we got six points. But like I said, I think four would be respectable. I wouldn't be upset with four, but uh, we definitely can't draw. We, we we can't lose, right? Like that's the, right. the uh, all things considered, all things equal. We cannot walk away from either of those games with zero points. That mm -hmm. to me would be an utter ab abject failure. The good thing is, Steve, is that right now we're 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 picking up points where we need to pick them up when when results haven't gone the way of of the teams that are ahead of us. So that's that's the good thing right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, it looks like we are just 
was sticking up to that magical hour that D sorry, that Eve likes so much. Eve. Eve. Yeah. Without the D, can't can't deal with it. Um, so let's let's hop into closing thoughts. And uh, I'm going to start with you, Mike, because there's nobody else for me to go to. Uh, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thoughts are these, Steve. Um, we have got uh, the the extreme pleasure of, of, of watching this team develop um, this first half of this season. We've had this 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 great pleasure of watching this amazing manager come in and do the work with the players that that we thought were throwaways last year. Um, players that are coming back from, from long loan spells, like some of them two-year loan spells, right? Um, players, like we had this manager, we had players that were, were brought in who we didn't know anything about. Uh, uh, we had players like Pedro Porro who was brought in for another coach. Like this team is a hodgepodge of throwaways. This team is a hodgepodge of throwaways of, uh, of players that were bought for Pochettino um, and, and players that were, were bought for this coach, new players that we had never heard of before. And I think that we've been treated to something very, very special. And I, I think that, coming up through the second half of the season is um, we need these points. We can't be dropping points because once we get into April and the beginning of May, we've got a tough, tough, tough schedule. So let's, let's think about this. Let's just get through the end of this year, get through this January bullshit where we lose our captain and uh, and our, one of our best midfielders um and 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 get on the road to recovery when when these uh injured players come back um i I don't think there's anything to be really worried about but it's going to be a it's going to be tough sledding every single month we look at the situation we're in oh man that's going to be tough that's going to be tough you know january is going to be tough because we're losing everybody oh my god december is going to be tough we got seven fucking games with no players right like Oh, the, August is going to be tough because we got a coach that we don't know anything about, and he already told us that it's going to be really, really rough in the beginning. Uh, you know, every single month it's tough. This is the Premier League, man. This is not some fucking farmers league. This is not the <laughs> Belgian. This is not the Belgian professional league. This is not the fucking Czech professional league. This isn't even fucking Scottish Scottish Premiership. This is the Premier League. This, this is, is the, the number Harry one Kane league. This is the number one league in the world. This is fucking Sparta. There's not <laughs> any easy games, man. There's not any easy games, and there's not going to be any easy months. It doesn't get easier. It just gets tougher. And I think that the club, and credit to Daniel Levy, the club, the coach, and the players have all given us something, something very, very special to to watch and and to enjoy and i'm really thankful for it absolutely well said mike well said indeed thanks steve do you have uh do you have anything there you'd like to ask me oh oh, oh uh, yeah 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 um so we're getting to that point of the show where um where ave likes to uh <laughs> ask us a special question and um uh, 
because it's his favorite part of the show. And uh, yeah, when he gets to fucking not have to deal with us anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Steve, uh, do you have any closing thoughts for us today? Uh, my closing thoughts are this. Um, you know, win, lose, or draw, this season so far has been a, a revelation for me, right? Big Ange has come in. He has shown us that football can be fun. Soccer can be fun. We can watch these games together. We can have fun together. We can lose and not really like feel down and disgusting about ourselves. Um, unlike with certain other football terrorists that we've had to put up with. It, it's been enjoyable. We can see that the idea is there. We can see that progress is being made. I think by and large, we know that we are still several pieces shy of being truly competitive. But man, I am so happy to have Big Ange steering us in the correct direction. And, you know, that's just not even my my biased opinion. It is objectively the correct direction to be bringing this club. And I think, you know, you see that in in you know, a lot of the punditry's opinion pieces and whatnot, everybody is high on Big Ange, and for good reason, right? Like, people might want to call him naive. They might want to, you know, say he's he's bitten off more than he can chew. But at the end of the day, he's getting results. He's getting the players to perform at the level that is expected of them. Not something that world-renowned manager Antonio Conte was able to do. Um, and, and he's got the fans' approval, right? Like... <clears throat> This is an exciting time, and even if we miss out on top four this season, even if everything goes to shit, you know, we can always look back and go, well, you know, we had an entire first team of players injured, suspended, on international duty all at the same time. It was rough. He kept things going. He he managed to fucking squeeze water from a stone in certain situations with some of these players who frankly should have been put out the door you know many transfer windows ago and have sent to the glue factory Pre exactly right um <laughs> so you know i i think you're spot on uh with your closing thoughts i think this is going to be an incredible ride we got to give Ange and and a lot of these guys a good deal of grace uh for this tough period they're navigating it well they're saying the right things you know the guys who are are out on injury or you know, they're chomping at the bit to get back. And, and you know, to his credit, Ange isn't fucking around with injuries. And that's the other thing that I really appreciate about him. You know, he's not forcing people to play through it. He's not saying, look, you know what? You're a captain. You're the most important guy. Like, I need you to just suck it up and, and you know, get back out there. If there's a suggestion that somebody is in discomfort, that they potentially have a, a, an issue, he's not taking chances. He pulls them right off. You're not finishing the game. You're coming off right now. We're going to take care of you. And I I, I love it because when these guys are all back together, when we're all fit and healthy, this is a team that is going to dominate just about every single other team in this league, hands down. And and I am so excited, uh, you know, to even for, for next year, right? The the 24-25 season when we can really see He's got a couple more windows. He's got some more players in. You know, the injuries hopefully have recovered by then. But who the fuck knows? Um, I, I'm loving the direction. It's my long-winded way of saying, I, I, you know, I'm loving Big Edge instead. 
that away that away and you know uh one more thing is like by the time that we uh reconvene here uh in wicked Sp- wiki spursy land uh wiki maybe spursy. maybe it'll be wicked spursy again um oh is dave gonna give us the d again yeah he'll give us the d or we'll give it to him <laughs> um by, thanks by for then, back you've earned this d <laughs> By then, we uh, we may have uh, a, a new incoming. Uh, we might have uh, <laughs> we might be canceled. Um, <laughs> we might have a new incoming center back. Who knows? Uh, we could have an attacking player. Uh, we could have a midfielder. We could have a Connor Gallagher. We could have a Todibo. We could have who the fuck knows? Sky is the limit here. So um, let's just kind of ride this wave. And uh, and uh, Steve, if you were to uh, have any uh, last words for uh, folks out there in Wicked Spursy Land? What would you say to them? Hoist, 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 hoist. And? Don't be an asshole. And Mike, if you had any final words <clears throat> uh, for those out in Wiki, Wiki Spursy Land, uh, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say, you know, guys, uh, those Everton fans that came and watched with us the other day, they gave me COVID. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you know if if you are in a supporters group don't let those people in your pub um Eve, evertonians and, out and also like just be safe just be safe be safe and anything else i know there's one and, you know thing. tottenham hotspur action it's fantastic there it is mm-hmm.